Thanks for joining us for First College Ministries College Worship Gathering. We hope that what you hear will encourage you and challenge you to be more like Jesus in your everyday lives. If you're a college student in the Tuscaloosa area, please join us Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. for college worship. You can learn more about First College Ministry at firstcollegeministry.org. How do you follow that? Um, it's like I, I'm serious. Baptism is one of those super beyond cool things that, like, I honestly have no idea why RJ did this to me. So thank you, um, fantastic. But it also does paint a beautiful picture and is a great lead-in to what we're going to be talking about tonight. So if you want to be turning to Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, it'll be on the screen. Um, but if you have your phone or your Bible, I prefer you open that. Before you open a physical copy, if you don't have one, see me, RJ, Kate, Nathan, any, anybody, and we'd love to give you one. So we're going to look at this and see, we're reading through Ephesians, and we're seeing this all as one big letter to the church in Ephesus, right? So the issue I have a lot with, like, how we break up the letters is, you know, chapters and verses weren't in there, and so we're saying, um, we're going to divide here, 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 and here. And Paul, I'm certain, sometimes turns over in his grave and is like, it continues, it continues, there's more to it. So every time we see a conjunction, we should really kind of perk up and say, all right, uh, so it's a connection here. And we had the wonderful opportunity of last week of RJ introing us into Ephesians 1, so we're going to look at it through that. So, looking at it as a continuation of that, let's read through Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. If I can get to the right page. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God not as a result of work, so that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is the word of the Lord. Y'all pray with me. Father, I come before you so unworthy to open your text. I thank you for your son and the blood, blood he spilt to make me clean, to make everyone who believes clean. Please go before me tonight. Let me be your mouthpiece. Let anything from me fall short. Let everything from you stick and hold fast to these people's hearts and minds and souls. In your son's holy name I pray. Amen. So, Paul kind of opens this up and he says, all right, um, I don't think y'all get it quite, quite as much what you were. So looking at verses 1 through 3, he says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, 
the spirit that is now, now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Um, so anybody else think Prince of the Power of the Air is like a really weird name? Like, that's not something I've ever, like, said, all right, yeah, that's what I'll just call Satan all the time, this, this really long, elaborate thing. And so that really kind of caught me for a second, and I've never heard it explained really well, so I kind of wanted to explain it, at least decently. In this time, these people, like a bunch of Greek philosophers, were like, the air is like between moon and earth. And they were like, all right, demons fly around in there. So that's why he says that. So, prince of the power of the air, these people would have known that he was talking about, like, spiritual warfare. If you doubt that's real, um, listen, I wish we would have recorded what was in that hall when we were praying before this. Um, it is very real. and It is very attacking. So we must be on guard. That little tangent aside. Um, so, so he paints this picture of us being just helpless. We are dead in our trespasses. And that one kind of strikes me because today I feel like our view of sin is so small. We don't view sin as us spinning in the face of a holy, righteous God. Us creatures from the dirt. We were made from dirt and he gave us life through his breath. And we every single day defy him. And he still lets us live. So right in that, Gosh, but he's saying, Paul's saying, you were walking in this. He's not saying you were like fighting it, writhing around, trying to like get out. You don't walk with like, okay, I say this. If I'm like going and taking a walk, if I say I'm going to go walk, I'm not going to be like angry, kind of like stomping or like fighting things or like punching the branches of the trees, right? Like when I'm walking, I'm like taking a nice leisurely stroll. He's saying that you not only like were in it, you were enjoying yourselves. You were walking around with no issue. You were blissfully defiant of the holy God. Frank Thieleman in this commentary, which this man is a lot smarter than I am, um, he puts it this way. He says, before Paul's readers heard and believed the gospel, they were walking their own transgressions of God's law. They also walked according to the standard set by the world around them and according to the norms of the one who rules both the demonic realm and the spiritual force that powerfully pervades the realm. Something I want to really kind of lock in on is they also walked according to the standard set by the world around them. Um, this, this book, all 66 books of it, um, if you give it to someone who's just like walking on the street and you tell them, hey, follow this, they're going to laugh in your face. Why? Because it's so counter. It's so just very different. And they'll look at you and say, that's outdated, that's bigoted, that's whatever else, because we don't just do whatever. And this is just such a fight against that, against what the world says. So many times we're told, take the world and through the world's lens, see scripture. Please, I beg of you, use this as your lens to see the world. It's very different. We see from, from any of it. Anyways.
So, so our mix of nature, like we see in verse 3, and the spiritual influence that Satan and his demonic forces have, we see there's, there's clearly some bad news here. We're stuck in evil manners. We're stuck. and We're pinned down. It's not like, like anything we can get out of. It's, we are pinned by a dude who's got 300 pounds on us. It's not going to work. And we're rolling in it and loving it. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. Yeah, that's the guy who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He writes a lot of other books that are really, really good. I would suggest all of those, along with the Chronicles of Narnia, but it's very different. Um, so, but he puts it this way. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum, he, can't, he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea. We are far too easily pleased. We're stuck in this rut. We're stuck in it. God sits there at the table across from us, and the gift is there, the gift of redemption. And we just sit and roll in it and roll in it and roll in it. So... What has to happen here? There's bad news, but there's good news. We have Paul in his letter to Romans. He talks about a renewal of our minds. We must have a renewal of our minds. Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. So how does that happen? What does that mean? How does that look like? Well, Paul answers that in verses 4 through 9. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, anytime you see a conjunction and then God, um, that should like send out all sorts of lights, wires, woo, horns, because that means something very, very important. Even when we were, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we were fighting against him every single second, not having a moment of good thought in us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no man may boast. God moved towards us. By grace you have been saved. Grace is a gift. He hands it to you. He reaches to us. He says, I see you playing in the mud and grabs you by the back of the neck and says, what you doing? <laughs> Wakes us up to it. Like, I mean, really, like, have you ever, like, I mean, have we ever, anybody remember or was a bad child like I was? And, like, did a bunch of stupid stuff and just kind of, like, needed a good, like, back-of-the-shirt grab and it's like, Nick, what you doing? Um, that happened a lot. Uh, I was a bad child. I broke a lot of things. Um, I was just curious. Uh, look, it, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Um, but so we see this God. One of his key points of his nature is that he is merciful and gracious and that he is moving towards us. There's a, there's a name for God that's Jehovah Jireh. And with it, People always, and it means the God that provides. 
And we always think of that as like food, water, a place to sleep. But, but beloved, there's so much more to it than that. He provides a way where there was not one. He provides salvation. We think too shallow of it. We don't understand the nature that we need to be pulled from, that we need our hearts renewed. So looking at, at verse 5, by grace you have been saved and raised it. Ooh, nope, I'm at the wrong spot. In verse 7, so in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. So we read that and we're like, all right, cool, yeah, grace, 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 the same word, whatever, whatever. Um, so the people, there's a thing going around this time called the Roman Empire. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. If you haven't heard about it, uh, how are you in college? There's some other issues. Talk to me after, after I'm kind of curious. Um, but so they would do these, these kind of um, these benef- benefactory payments to the people they would take over. The Roman Empire would take over your land and be like, uh, you're ours now, um, but as part of that, we're going to build roads to you. We're going to help like, fund your government. It's going to make things better. And so the word in the Greek here is the same word for those benefactions. So the people of Ephesus, being under this empire, as like the whole world was at this point pretty much, they would see this word and they would say, huh, those are the same. But Paul here is not talking about an earthly set of benefactions. He's talking about a heavenly one, one that's going to be far beyond what they think. Jehovah Jireh. He provides a way that's far more than what we think it is. So 8 and 9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Um, those are some of the most comforting words I've ever heard. Because remember in verses 1 through 3, when I said we were like the other children of wrath, and we were turned over to it, as Paul says in Romans, and we just roll in it and love it. But it says, by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing. There's an old hymn. I love old hymns. Like, not necessarily for like within the context of like for worship, like we're not going to start like only having an organ in here. That would be kind of weird. Um, kind of cool like every once in a while. But anyways, point being, <laughs> the, word, the wording and the theology within them is so beautiful. Um, I'm reminded of this one, and it says, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain, fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. It paints this beautiful picture that even from Adam, when we sinned and we said, I am naked, God provided. He said, I, I will dress you even in your sin. He provided them. We look even further. We see it, the Israelites completely spit in God's face when he says, here is the promised land. Here is the land I've been telling you about, the whole reason why you left Egypt. He said, here it is. It's right here. You just got to go in and take it. And trust me, I got you. And they said, "Uh, no, they're big and scary. And they just turn and they walk away. And God still, in that 
wondering, he says, all right, cool. There's a punishment here because I am just. So you're going to be walking through the wilderness, and that's going to stink. But every day I'm going to guide you. Every day I'm going to give you a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Every morning you're going to wake up and I'm going to feed you. So it shows this integral character of God. that he moves towards us. And he's been offering grace. All of the Old Testament pointing to Jesus saying, redemption, redemption, redemption is coming. Jesus here, the Spirit of God here on earth saying, I am redemption. All of the Old Testament pointing back and saying, redemption has come. You can be saved. You can be clean from this. It can be removed from you. So, we only earn death. But God, being rich in mercy, says here is a way. So, how do we respond to that? Verse 10 puts it pretty clear. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, so what does that mean for us? It means that everything before us has been set before us. If you're a believer in Christ and you are not actively fighting and pushing to say every thought, word, action should be propelling the kingdom of God, then what are you doing? Do you not believe this? If you read this and you aren't completely changed from the bottoms of your feet to the top of the hairs of your head, how can you say you have faith in this? The Reformers put it beautifully, saying that it is faith alone that justifies, but faith that justifies can never be alone. We cannot just sit and wait and do nothing. We had a beautiful night called Go Night a couple of nights ago where we said, go, go spread it to every single person, tongue, tribe, name. And why would we not? Why would we not fight with everything within us? Our faith is shown through our works. How can we not perform our works to God and say, I'm going to walk in them? If we've experienced this, we have become completely changed. If you've experienced it and you do not display it, how can you say you have experienced it? We fight every single day to love his word more, to fight for righteousness, but most importantly, to bring the good news to every tribe, tongue, nation that is under the earth. We don't stop. We don't stop proclaiming this word. So if you, if you have accepted this, are you changed? Have you been changed? Are you fighting to grow more in this? Are you reading scripture? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Like we're talking about a beautiful emphasis within these next 30 days, I think. I don't remember. I stopped doing engineering, so numbers just left me. Um, it's funny how that happens. Are you fighting to be more sanctified? Are you walking in this beautiful new life that you have in Christ? Have you accepted that gift? Y'all pray with me. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for all.